have spent the past week with mm. no air conditioning. And it has disgusting. been Japan's hottest summer on record. That's disgusting. Disgusting. So, my apartment, I looked, I have like an internal thermometer thing on the wall for the apartment. My apartment was 46 degrees inside, which I think, hang on, what is oh, it? Yeah, yeah, please do the numbers, please. Two. This 46, 46 degrees sounds really good right now. Really oh, good. Let's see. Like, 114? Like 114? Jesus. Yeah. That, I was thinking that, like, because 50 degrees would be half of boiling, right? And if that's approaching half of boiling, that sounded unreasonably hot. But no, that was about as hot as I was. I like, couldn't. Wow. I, could, I couldn't sit down. Like, the sweat that would generate on my legs and when my legs would rub together caused me so much pain. <laughs> I. Ooh. ooh uh, uh. I guess I guess I should actually ask for for clarification. We are we are we rolling? Is this is this the intro? This is us. I guess, I guess this is the intro. This is this is, this is us. <laughs> We're here. Uh, uh, no, if, uh, if I okay. didn't have my AC, if I didn't have my like, because we just got portable ACs for for me and my room uh, roomie's room. Nice. And if we didn't have those, I would die in here. I wouldn't be able to yeah. work either because no. it would be so, so hot in this room. Like, be- that is exact. You're exactly right because, like, so last week was a vacation week in Japan. It was over, so I actually didn't have to work, but I had a shit ton of things I wanted to do personally. Yeah, and like I've recently got back into playing Final Fantasy 14. More on that later. But I couldn't. I couldn't go in the office. I couldn't turn on my computer because within ten minutes it was so hot, so hot that it was unbearable. Like when we played Titanfall the other day. That was early morning, and as soon as it got past like 10 a.m., like it became, I was drenched in sweat. It was unbearable. It's been the worst week. Thankfully, because we delayed the podcast by a day, so I could hopefully get it fixed and do this, which we have done now. I, I, I just want to point out that of all the like famous negativity that the American South gets for many things, being hot and humid is a big one on our list. No one ever talks that much about how it's just like as bad in in the Japan Tokyo region of the world. No, not Tokyo, Kyoto. Tokyo is fucking Tokyo is easy mode compared to this. Tokyo oh. is oh. Tokyo is goes to Tsushima and Kyoto is Sekiro. It's it's apples and oranges. Oh wow! That's wow. a gamer reference if I ever heard one. Well, yeah. you got buildings, right? But and people think buildings magnify the heat, but actually they block a lot of like the just mm, immediate mm-hmm, rays mm-hmm. and UVs that hit you. And, and the also, trees. Tokyo is quite windy because it's not that far from a bay, whereas Kyoto is in a hole of mountains. It's like surrounded. It's basically in a basin, and there's no water for miles uh, from the sea. So. It's actually just incredibly hot and humid, like always 97% humidity. So yeah, it sucks. It sucks. I don't, I don't want to sound like a racist or anything, but. Oh, go ahead. Please continue. <laughs> has, I, I swear, I freaking swear, as bad as this might make me look, I, I swear the science has been done and they found out that like, that Asian people apparently don't have the same bo odors as 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 white That's, people. This is bullshit. Is it bullshit? That's bullshit. Is it bullshit? It's bullshit. But the reason the myth comes along is because Japanese people tend not to sweat. 
as easily as we do. Right. Like a lot of my friends, a lot of my Japanese friends, and like especially my girlfriend, just do not sweat. That might be what I'm thinking like, of. It, it has to be like it, you have to be roasting a turkey and like their head in the oven for them to start sweating. Um, but bio bullshit. Like I've sat next to some stinky Japanese people for sure on the uh. trains, and it's the same as anywhere. Um, yeah, no, that's bullshit. But I understand where that where that comes from. It's mo- it's the majority to do with uh, the fact that they don't sweat um, as easily as we do. Remember, quite enjoying the little like like moist towelettes you'd buy at the convenience stores and just wipe yourself off with. And- or the- yeah, or your favorite smut cafes. They 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 have like the cooling chemicals on them that that make it extra extra chill when you when you wipe your forehead on a hot day in the sun with one of those and it's it's a surprisingly refreshing nice feeling and I I miss that we're we're at the stage in the summer in Georgia where if you spend ten minutes out you will need a shower when those ten minutes are up I imagine it's a similar situation over there. But <laughs> I just give up, man. It's like I wake up, I'm sweating. I <laughs> work, I'm sweating. I'll go have a shower, and then, like in Japan, shower rooms are a separate room to like the toilet and stuff, right? Right. Like we have separate rooms, right? And the shower room tends to be this really tiny hot box of an area because it's literally like watertight sealed. Yeah, it's watertight sealed. All of the heat and the steam stays in there. So it becomes mm. like a sauna. So as soon as you shower, mm. as soon as you get out, you're sweating again because your body temperature has risen so high thanks to the shower that as soon as you step out into the heat of the world, which is the Japanese hot summer, you're immediately sweating again. It's like a never-ending Ouroboros of just disgusting sweatiness. Ugh. Thankfully, I've just been hiding in this room now. I have aircon again, and I am going to sleep in here on the floor again. Just, <laughs> I'm never going to leave this, this this room in my apartment for, like, the next two months. Yeah, I know what you mean. S- sounds like my kind of lifestyle. Oh, oh no. <laughs> man, oh. we've had comments about people wanting to go around to check on you, George. <laughs> Like to bring you a decent meal and make sure you're actually still alive. Yeah. Uh, don't 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 Please blame them. Let, sometimes. Let, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let the fans drop you some some home home cooked meals from their girlfriends and and them and yeah. Well, yeah. What if what if they've been in contact with uh? With, I, with I knew like, he was gonna say that. I knew it doesn't transfer thing. through food, man. Relax yourself. Relax yourself. If that was the case, then we none of us would be eating. Do you do you think the a lot of these people are very 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 careful at these food places? I and I, everyone's like, oh, order at order at uh at your local businesses. You think you think everyone is as careful? It's so funny you say that. So the guy who came to fix my aircon today came in a mask and everything, right? And I was wearing a mask. And then he finished fixing the aircon. He was talking to me in Japanese, but he was trying to explain something about an air conditioning paw. And I was like, dude, I don't understand Japanese for this. I'm sorry. So I I phoned my girlfriend to get her to listen to his explanation. I passed him the (laughs) phone and he was like, no, no, Corona. So he wouldn't touch my phone. He was like, put it on speaker. And I was like, okay. Then as soon as I did, he was like, (laughs) I was like, don't, don't, don't. 
Don't talk to me about Corona, dude. Jesus. <laughs> I, I just, Liam, if you ever need an NPC is talking to you as text is coming out noise, that needs to be it. And any video game that you make, whenever you walk up to like like an NPC and, and they start saying, hi, I love shorts, they're easy and comfort to wear. I want to hear, <laughs> Wait, what, what was that a reference to? What is the, what is that? Well, he was coughing. Oh, no. He was just coughing. Like, like he, <laughs> just as soon as he said, like, oh, I'm not going to touch that because of Corona. <laughs> I was like, okay. And he's like, <laughs> Was was it through the mask? Was it through the mask? No, he fucking pulled the mask down to talk to me while he was oh, speaking Japanese. No, no, come on. I know. Come on. Uh, All and it was it. in my house. It was like it was like as you guys look at the webcam right now, like right next to me, right here. <laughs> Could be all over my PC, all over my monitor. Transferred through the microphone to you guys. So 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 touching your phone was too much, but but spraying all over your apartment. Yeah. Was, was just fine. All That's disgusting. Place. The cloud of droplets. Everyone knows too much about each other's droplets now that this has become a thing. <laughs> you know, it's I probably bet. everywhere now. You've seen those experiments. Oh, yeah. You've my droplets are all over this place. Yeah. I'm, like very, I'm very aware of like the social distances <laughs> and like how in Japan, thanks to the square meat, uh, what is it? The population density per square meter i'm fucking boned <laughs> if japan gets serious about coronavirus yeah, it's man. everywhere it's gonna be There's everywhere, too many people you've you seen the, the 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 buffet uh example right where they put that little the little invisible paint everywhere and it was like oh yeah i did yeah everyone's seen that shit it's nasty man it's probably everywhere he's he you're touching him right now you're touching him right now liam so, that sip of water that you just drank, he's in I there know. too. He's in there now. He's in there too. It's, it's alcohol-free beer, so maybe he didn't touch it. <laughs> Japanese men can't drink it. All of the socializing and hanging out that we've been doing our whole lives, we've been walking through each other's clouds of droplets. We've been spraying on the same surfaces as each other. We've been spraying on and around each other this whole time. And we've never really had to consider that before. But now that we know, do you guys think you're going to feel the same afterwards? Like, are you going to be thinking in the back of your head of all these invisible droplet particles you're spraying over your friends once coronavirus is all over and done with and we're all hanging out again? I don't know if there'll be a normal again. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really sure. Man, yeah, it's. I think that's. I think that's true, and I think this is the new normal, and it's going to be like that for a I while. Was, I, was, I was thinking about masks today, and I was just thinking like, I can't think of a time I would leave the house without a mask, and until there is a dead cert vaccine, where you know. Everybody, I was thinking about the vaccine as well, and I was thinking, if you get the coronavirus, does the vaccine help you fight the coronavirus? Because vaccines traditionally just help you not get it in the first place, right? right? So even if most people get vaccinated, right, you still have the pure chance that you might get it if you haven't had the vaccine, right? Right. So that's going to take a long time to roll out as well. So you, people are going to have to be... <sighs> Taking precautions for a long time. Not in America, they won't. <laughs> you guys are so fucked. Yep. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? 
it, you know, it's funny. It's funny. Like, it, there's like this thing. I didn't know it existed until like about a year ago where people who are not in the U.S. have never been born in the U.S. think of the U.S. in a very shitty way. And it, I mean, to be honest, we, we have Donald Trump as our president. I mean, like, I mean, there's nothing we can really do about that. But like, wow, like they, you guys really shit on us, don't don't you? <laughs> you guys really shit on us. It's not. See, hard. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think that's the case. I honestly think deep down, everybody looked up to America, like through the '80s, the '90s, early 2000s. Honestly, like the media and the uh. culture coming out of America, music, TV, everything. Like America was the place to be, right? And it was where all the good jobs were. It's where the, you know, the, that, <laughs> I truly, the land of opportunity, like well, being yeah, famous or whatever, like even in the UK, which, you know, is the next denominator in terms of like cultural English language phenomenons, right? Music, TV, whatever. It was still America. Like, like, um, Oasis, right? One of the most famous bands in history famously never made it in America and they're considered some sort of failure because they never got popular in America in a traditional sense. And it was always like the goalposts were to break into America. And honestly, I think it is, it really is only until the discourse around Trump and Hillary Clinton and her emails. And then since then like it's built up and it's the black lives matter on top of that the protests the way everybody looks at how the government responds and how half of them are not half of americans but the majority of loud americans like ben shapiro and terrible people like that and we can see it on social media and like the fact that the coronavirus was in some form preventable in terms of its spread and america did nothing uh, not specifically American citizens, but the American government, it's really flipped it on its head. I've got to say, like, for me going to Seattle last year, it seems like an absolute lifetime ago. And I remember being in Seattle and absolutely having a wonderful time. I was so surprised, even coming from the UK and, going, and living in Japan. Japan is the most polite place in the world, right? But it's not the most friendly because people don't talk. People never talk to you. They'll, they'll say robotic phrases over and over again you know everything like stuff like that it's never friendly as soon as i went into like american coffee shops or store hey how are you doing how's it going today like all of that kind of stuff and like that kind of stuff that kind of happens in the uk but a lot of british people are still a little more reserved because we're quite you know bashful and shameful (laughs) a little bit about that kind of personality i think everybody looked up to america because of that friendly open nature and it really is like you know i've joked on a podcast about it becoming a third world country in recent months i've never thought of america as a bad place or a place i would not live in up until the past four years i've got to say and it looks only america like america is so good at like everything but only america really could tank a country in record pace like it's, you guys are so good at everything you have to be the best right and now it's like hold my beer guys we're also going to be the very best at completely imploding and destroying our country yeah i don't know i don't know man well we'll see what happens in, in later times hopefully things get better
Honestly, yeah, it's got it. It's only recently, man. It's just because it's so apparent. Like social media, all of America's problems are right there on social media all the time, right? And because it's America, it gets the most retweets. It gets the most vision. Oh, oh, you mean all those videos of uh, white people not wearing masks and shit and getting mad in Trader Joe's? All all that, like, and uh, police, you know. I'm more scared of the American police beating me up than I am of ever getting arrested in the UK. Like, I feel like I turn up in America and I'm not even black. I turn up in America and as soon as, like, I did something, I'd get arrested. Like, (laughs) social media has not been kind. It's been a little crazy here in Orange. There's police everywhere now. I don't like it. I worry for both of you sometimes. Man, George is okay. George George doesn't drive. He walks. I, I, I walk. Um, but Jimmy, it's like not that long ago. I can't even fathom hearing a shooting. Like I'm just that quote protected, I guess, in my life. But the fact that we did a podcast where, like, a night before there was a shooting outside of George's street, I'm like, fuck me, that is not a reality anybody should be living in. No, let alone some nerdy YouTuber who just, you know, is minding his own business. <laughs> well, it wasn't just like a shooting; it was like an automatic like shooting like like they oh, nice yeah yeah I, I don't know if that's the kind of shooting that matt heard but when i close my head and think of oh no i'm hearing a shooting in a bad neighborhood i do not think of automatic sh- gunfire in- involved like that that crosses the next line over the the dystopia threshold yeah, you got you gotta go deep in the hood for that you gotta go deep in the yeah hood it's that. mad <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I was thinking through some some really long-winded speeches and, and replies, but when it comes to thinking of, of the very recent and rapid downfall of America's public image worldwide, I would rather uh, blame the, the, the Western ideology of, um, of, of rugged individualism and, and, and personal independence and liberty <laughs> that uh, one, one might be able to find the origins of in the ancient Greco-Roman world, Here we go. which, which I have been exploring <laughs> in video games once again recently. To let everybody know, don't worry, George is okay. A game that is centered around Greek mythology came out. He's fine. He's back to normal. I'm back to normal, which is back to me being so fascinated with this stuff. That's you. You talked about how in the past four years you're gonna talk about Greek stuff for like thirty minutes. Is that what's gonna happen? Oh, come I Greek stuff. <laughs> is that what's gonna happen? It's then? a game that just came out. Technically, we're go- can I go get something to eat? It's a new game. It's technically news. <laughs> okay. I, I I've been playing uh the new Total War Saga Troy. Um, like one of two games I was looking forward to this year. I don't know if I was genuinely expecting to be amazed and rocked off my socks, but yeah, in terms of how whelmed I am, I want to say somewhere between kind of underwhelmed in terms of how much I'm appreciating it and enjoying it and liking it. Give, as it, a, give game. it a ranking on the on on the <sighs> mythological god scale. And this is the other aspect to it, though. It's not that fun to play, but it's pretty fun to oh. think about on the mythological, historical implications side of, of the train. Interesting. So what they ended up releasing feels, unfortunately, like a reskin of the Rome 2 Total War game I was playing about a year ago. We're back to very basic hammer and anvil tactics in this game where you have an extremely simple rock, paper, scissors balance between spears, archers, and the now much, much rarer 
cavalry horsemen units. But you have all these um, extra features that are supposed to fold into the Greek mythology flavor, like building certain temples and shrines to get the gods on your side that are supposed to affect random events that occur throughout the campaign map. Um, the heroes from the Iliad and the Odyssey show up as like power characters who have a lot of HP. And uh, when I say a lot of HP, these guys tank throughout an entire fight. They can stop an entire unit from moving on their own with just your one little hero on the battlefield. And a lot of uh, strategy will involve you using that one little hero who can tank a lot of damage to either distract the other <laughs> the other army's single one little hero that can do a lot of damage and get them to stick together and create a little like one-on-one -on -one fight in the middle of the big battle around them or you can use them to stop other units in their tracks and clog up choke points or kite enemies towards just the one guy standing in the corner and it evokes what what happens in the books, which is all of uh, the battle lines kind of stopping sometimes for characters to have little one-on-one -on -one duels. And that's about the inclusion of those extremely powerful hero characters on the battlefield is just about the most weird it gets. The rest is very standard historical Total War style gameplay, except um, some economic and, and administrative stuff modified for the time period. One thing I think is neat is that money and gold is not your primary currency. Food is instead. You pay for troops and food. Weird. Yeah. That in your Some sort of socialist communist community, I see. Because you're in the Bronze Age instead of the Iron Age. They're not good at making different kinds of metal just yet. It's like uh <laughs> you you have three no, you have four different currencies, bronze, food, stone, wood, and then gold is the very last one, which is the most rare and is used primarily to hire very, very fancy late game mercenary units and primarily used for the trading. But food is what you uh, pay for when you hire up a new unit and send them into, into your army. And your stock of food goes up and down dramatically because it's pulling from your whole empire as well as the military. And you do some very, very interesting barter trades with the other kingdoms using those three currencies instead of just money. There's also um, like very clearly nepotistic government play going on where you are appointing your own heroes to the positions to manage agriculture and trade in the kingdom. It, it goes out of its way to clarify that at this stage in history, you're kind of organizing tribes together into kingdoms rather than organizing a kingdom into an empire and slash or an empire into a nation state in the later games. That's sort of related to how the mythology narrative of the game aspect works. Later on in that uh, later game unlock chain, you can get some mythological units on your side. Uh, like, like you know, minotaurs and gorgons and and giants oh, and so stuff. It so it, it does delve into the mythological <sighs> affair a bit? Okay, for those who are seriously interested <laughs> in investing themselves into this game from, from point zero like I did, might consider this a spoiler, but it also might not be. They've released trailers showing the gimmick, and it's explained in the tutorial messages of the game fairly early on. As it turns out... They're just costumed soldiers using the mystique uh, of the legends to put some kinda, extra fear into the into the enemy ranks. I kind of like that. I kind of like that idea. Yeah, that's why... I feel like you would also like that. You don't particularly like fantasy. You like more the 
the mythos of human beings making the fantasy. What what so compels me about ancient history and ancient mythology is the thought that, wow, our ancestors may have actually been living in a reality that was like living in Lord of the Rings in real life, where they genuinely believed that the world was full of magic and adventure and different races of like fundamentally anatomically different intelligence throughout the planet and that is reflected in the game insofar as this quest you go on to discover that maybe the world is not actually as magical as <laughs> the flavor text gets you gets you geared up to think uh yeah the uh heroes for example fill in the same role as the generals and kings in any other total war game would so from that they're kind of positing the hypothesis that maybe agamemnon and achilles and odysseus were just inspired by famous generals during the trojan war and that maybe centaurs and, and minotaurs weren't actually half people half animals but instead like a unit of axemen wearing bull skulls on their heads to look extra scary or a unit of cavalry who were riding on top of horses instead of a chariot dragged behind the horses because that was uh not standardized at this time maybe maybe that put the fear of heart into some uneducated ignorant superstitious drunken soldiers and that's where the entire pantheon of all of the foundations of western mythology and the kind of storytelling that we as a society still appreciate today and i I I find that a little bit uh, I find it a little bit deflating and cynical to think that all of the origination of 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 Greek mythology and and the romantic western adventure is implied by this game to be like exaggerated war stories from some sort of real Trojan war that might have happened but the stories that the soldiers who participated would have told their grandkids would have either been blown out of proportion <laughs> or it could have been secret coded history. So another fun aspect to this game is that um, I'm, I'm playing as Agamemnon in the mythology. Agamemnon is a greedy, treacherous king who sacrifices his own daughter to get the god of the winds to blow the ships in the right direction. In the game, um, you're supposed to Damn. do what you do in the story to get all of the Greek tribes to unite in the Trojan War and sail all their boats to destroy but i have to like conquer them in the story agamemnon somehow unites them it's not exactly explained in the game you fucking conquer them and put them to the sword to make them participate in this war and so now that implication almost seems to suggest that this mythological story of him sacrificing his daughter may have been like a metaphor or a secret coded history because you can't say anything bad about the kings it may have been a, a metaphor for one of a, a terrible potentially real life king agamemnon killing forcing other greeks to participate rather than than sacrificing his daughter for magic maybe there there was some reality behind behind the story that the game um goes out of its way to present as as something being experienced by the characters in real time as it's happening so uh yeah it's 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 an interesting ride <sighs> i but... downloaded it but well, I, I got it, because obviously it was free, which is amazing. I have no idea how much money Epic must have paid for that, because that's insane. I actually missed out on that news when it was happening and ended up still buying it for regular price. What? 
I didn't read the gaming what? news for the like 30 hours that that what? was happening. And I totally missed out and ended up spending oh. a good 50 bucks on it instead because it was something I wanted to play and get oh. into anyway. Oh, George. Mm-mm. Well, I didn't buy it and I, I'm probably not going to play it anyway. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I haven't played a Total War game since Shogun 2. Oh, I own it. Oh, I own it. Yeah, as it turns out, they were running a promotion <laughs> did you, where... Did you just press get on it? Because that's what I did. I Like, get on that, get on Remnant, Rise to Ashes, get on hmm. the, uh, just every game that goes for free that seems yeah, interesting. Yeah, I have a shitload of games, man. One day <laughs> I'll play it, I'm sure. One day. Yeah, no. This game got me looking up something that's, that's blowing my mind, and that's the bicameral mind hypothesis. There's uh, an anthropologist who is floating the idea that a great change in human thinking occurred midway through the Bronze Age when this stuff would have been originally written. And that's the thought that before then, people didn't really know that the voices in their heads were all theirs. So there was a kind of normalized schizophrenia shared that, that that may have been related to the roles that, that ancient shamans and prophesizers used to play that assumes that a lot of the stuff going on in the Iliad of characters blaming fits of rage and passion and lust on the gods was coming from the idea that people at the time literally did not think that a lot of the voices in their heads were stuff they were totally under their own control over. How times have not changed much. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with human beings, man? So when when complaining about the mass delusions of willfully believed ignorance and misinformation, I am reminded, or or at least ironically reminded, of um this this book that that I've got into this week called uh, the Rage of Achilles that is written as if the Trojan War actually happened from a modern perspective with an account of all of the ignorance and brutality and the complete lack of education and awareness of the outside world and normalization of just how bad everyone's mental health would be on top of having the shared delusion that it was all (laughs) up to superstitious gods and mythology and uh, tries to write the events of the Iliad as if they actually happen. And Achilles absolutely comes off as a completely psychotic, like antisocial. Yeah, he is a brute. He barely even speaks. He just growls <laughs> and, and kills women in this book. And that's like the one way they can try to make it and play it off as realistic, which uh, it, it's just like getting into this game and the related materials and the readings of it has been depressing because the whole idea seems to be that, oh, the uh the romantic fun mythology stuff is 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 totally rooted in some very very unflattering what were very probably unflattering realities even even as pretty as the game's art and aesthetic presents it all the implications i find are kind of kind of unsettling i mean i guess if you didn't know any better at the time you used the tools you had even if it was funny voices in your head <sighs> oh there's god the- and I just want to say, don't worry. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Scott, out there. This is not three voices in your head. This is a podcast. 
Don't worry. You're not going crazy. You gotta think, though, like, if the person in charge was using, oh, divine voices were telling me my rules are okay, and a lot of people in the society were like, yeah, you mean those voices I hear too? Okay. That kind of sort of does explain maybe why they got away with a lot of the horrible shit that these ancient kings did, because it was normalized well, amongst the entire somebody culture. Saying to you, if you imagine somebody they're saying to you, and you already have some sort of schizophrenic tendencies or voices in your head, Somebody saying, listen to God, you will be able to hear him. Listen. And then, you know, amplifying that in somebody who already is having issues or hearing voices. Yeah, I imagine that's how half of history went down, to be honest. Like, these mental illnesses we know about now haven't just appeared or started uh, so a lot of them will have gone through human history being undiagnosed and explain why a lot of kings or queens yeah. or knights or uh, emperors or uh, acted and did the things they did or were as delusional as they tend to come and off. And or were exploiting it. Like like in, in this book, Odysseus apparently has his wits about him and he like lies to the soldiers, telling him that that the gods are going along with these plans and they they will believe him, but apparently they believe anything going on in their heads is is the way the world actually works. And like the mundanity <laughs> of reality is beyond the perception of even the smartest, most educated people of this setting. <laughs> if only it was that easy these days oh wait politicians are still doing it to these days yeah it's scary to think about how whether or not you're in a dystopia is, is a matter of perspective and class and position a lot of times because chances are everyone involved in the ancient world was living in a dystopia even even the people writing the mythology and just chilling out drinking wine, making poetry about it instead of actually participating in the fighting. But uh, I'm seriously doubting there were many of that types in, in Homer's time. Sorry, I'm still, I'm still unsure then. Are you, are you having fun? I'm having a George time, I guess. No, I'm not having straight up fun. The game actually legitimately is kind of a slog. I bet that in a year when some good patches and total conversion mods start getting floating around, it'll... um pick up steam but right now what i'm basically playing feels like a faster more polished version of a very very typical historical total war and i know for a fact a lot of people have had their fill of that because that's why the warhammer total war games have gone so well because when you can have new units that fly in the air use magic do yeah. weird things that people in history could not do it shakes the game up enough to make things uh fresh and interesting again and now we're back to square one I, I wonder how differently this plays from Three Kingdoms, because Three Kingdoms reviewed very highly and supposedly was some mm. point of like and reboot. It wasn't, and... it wasn't that long ago, right? It was oh, yeah, ago, yeah. Those guys churn out these games these days. I mean, before that, Rome was Rome 2 or whatever it was. Rome 2 is probably older than you might expect. They make some, they made a spinoff of it based on Attila. That, that didn't, didn't go well. down very well, did it? Yeah, Rome 2 didn't go well, Attila went well, Empire didn't go well, Napoleon went well. If it's like, if there's someone's name in the title of the game, it tends to score better than if it's just like about a particular period or place. Does Troy appear? Uh, does, Troy does Troy Baker voice, voice Troy? 
I I mm. do not know if Troy Baker appears, but it's so similar in flavor and style to Rome 2 that I almost feel like I'm hearing the same voice actors. I honestly thought it was Rome 2 when I first saw it. I didn't really catch on to the uh, mythological Troy part of it. It looks like Rome 2, but like screenshots of Three Kingdoms look way better than this game. Huh. Well, it's style, isn't it? It's stylistic. I kind of like what they've done with Troy. I like what they've tried to do. I think Greek mythology has a flavor, but it's not as prominent, let's say, as like Far Eastern culture or Japanese culture in terms of like aesthetically what you're looking at, right? It's hard to differentiate maybe between Rome and Troy, but they've still tried to do some sort of artistic uh, yeah. like signature yeah. on it. Um, kind of like, uh, what was that game? Uh, you played the bad guy. Tyranny? Tyranny. Tyranny. Yeah, that was it. Like, that has that... It, it, not as good as Tyranny, I think, but a similar sort of aesthetic for what it's going for. Apotheon. I think that's... Apotheon. Matt, you played that, didn't you? It sounds yeah. familiar. I think I remember you talking about it. Yeah, I, this is what I'm thinking. Why is it so hard for us to remember? Because the game Because looks... they all have similar names or similar feelings. It was like a 2D action platformer, but completely based on like Greek art. Yeah, it looks it looks really good. 2015. Oh, man. Wow. Oh. Yeah, like a long time ago, I think. Holy yeah. shit. Wow. 2015. Man, that was years ago. <laughs> Five to be exact. <laughs> oh my god. It looks years really nice. Like... And, yeah. Your boy was in his 20s. Your boy was in his, oh, his, his mid-20s, oh, dude. That's rough, dude. That was the year I moved to Japan, which feels like literally oh, forever three, ago. Life- yeah. Yeah, three lifetimes ago. Yeah, I felt like I've, I've, I've lived three times over as well. Oh, yeah, man. 2016 God. to 2020 have been a journey. It's been a journey <laughs> for the last five years, for sure. Oh, damn. I can't even recognize myself. I don't know who that guy was playing that game. <laughs> um. Well, guys, uh, are you are you all Troyed out? Well, I beat Last of Us too, <gasps> and I gotta say, for a game who didn't need a sequel, shit was good. <laughs> shit Ooh. was fucking good. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, there's some parts that are just kind of a slog, but I am. Yeah, but like uh for me it was like the journey that like you, you know like you were talking about like how you're not supposed to like this game as much as you 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 you're not supposed to be like you're not supposed to be like oh I'm having a good old time. You're not this is a depressing game. I'm having a great time. It's supposed yeah. to be type 2 fun. Yeah. It, like especially midway there's certain parts where you're just like Oh fuck this shit! You're supposed to feel that way. You're supposed to feel that way. You're supposed to feel like you're going through that journey, and I, I'm okay with going through it. You know, this is my type of shit. This is my type of shit. I'm okay with the depressing. Did did you, did you feel bad? Did it make you get? Oh, get all the it feels? made me feel like shit. Okay, that's oh, that's good. I, I guess. I guess it's good that it succeeded at making you feel bad. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like watching, like, he's like, you know what, I want to, 
I want to just like feel like absolute garbage. I'm going to sit back and watch some Black Mirror. You know, like you just, just wanna... <laughs> Black Mirror. Yeah, Black Mirror will definitely get you in that mood. You're just like, oh man, we're, <laughs> we're, no we're doomed. No faith in humanity. It's like in <laughs> this reminded me, like, remind me of Red Dead Redemption, where it just kind of it ended well enough for a video game story where it just it just made sense you know okay it just made sense you know it's because a lot of video games just don't know how to end the fucking game and i gotta say it does it does and that's all i'm gonna say about it i appreciate your concern for endings in particular though yeah endings have to be good I'm I'm spending all my time <laughs> on on this game. That. Endings have to be good. If you cannot if you cannot secure your ending, then don't make the fucking game. <laughs> okay. The reason I brought it up is cuz I was just thinking back on how many games I can count on my hand that are fucking fantastic but very clearly have a rushed ending. <laughs> Shitty. Yeah. It obviously makes a difference to some people, right? But the reality is like Seven percent don't. of people. Yeah, yeah you are. You are a one percenter. Seven percent of the entire user base who play your game will see the ending. Right? Seven. So that's, that's too low. Seven percenter. That's that's higher than I thought. Yeah. Seven. That's the average. You said seven. Seven. Seven percent is the average. There's no way seven percent people f- finish their games. Seven percent. Eleven percent finished um, Persona, and that's Persona. There's no way the majority is the same. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta realize the type of people who are playing Persona are generally the type of people who will finish Persona, right? If you think of the broad spectrum of all of games across the industry, these these are generally taken from either Steam statistics or uh, general, like especially at GDC, there's like a state of the industry uh, sort of form that goes about, and people fill it out, and you can see, you know, people tend to write the statistics of like. How many players have finished a game? On average, it's seven percent across all video games that get released, at least digitally. That's right disgusting. So, people listening to this right now, uh, if you're on YouTube, like, leave, leave a comment. Do you finish games? Because <laughs> that's disgusting. That's 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 terrible. And am I am I just part of this seven percent that just finished games, and I just believe yeah. that other yes. people finish games? <laughs> You might might want to want to have but some self awareness. But you spend so much money here. on these things, man. But Last of Us wasn't cheap. That's why games are built to be like jobs that you check into forever because you spend so oh, much money that. with them. You got to get your investment back, so you never really finish them. Sometimes. Well, let's talk about a cheap one. Carry in. I was about to say it wrong. Carry on. <laughs> No, it's carry in. Carry on my wayward son. It's it's carry in. Yeah, I had to check a double. T- yeah, it's not spelled that way, but it it is that way. Did you play it pre Nintendo Switch icon change, or after the icon on the? Did you did you guys hear about this? No. So so obviously there's been quite a, a foray oh. over like. You know the icons for the Nintendo Switch titles. <laughs> so the, so the, the, the original, the original carry on icon oh is my very. Oh my god! 
Okay, okay, guys. Yeah, it's not like that on Xbox. <laughs> no, it, uh, I think they Nintendo stepped stepped in after they didn't notice and was like, "Hey, uh, we need you to change this." <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on that that's kind of that's kind of overboard. Though. I'm not gonna lie, like that is, that definitely looks with. For, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, just look up carry on Nintendo Switch icon. And you'll and you'll know what we're getting. You'll know. Yeah, you'll know. Yeah. It it just takes and a second. And if you don't know whew. You're you're a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean oh. it's not supposed to look that way if you haven't seen one, but yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, absolutely. If it looks like that, then please tell that person to go to the My door. my favorite yes, part please. of this my favorite part of this little polygon blurb about it just says, I'll let you decide. After deciding, look inward and ask yourself, what does that decision say about you? <laughs> I think that's a good point. It could be a litmus test. One truly sees themselves in the Nintendo Switch icon for the video game carry-on. <laughs> you look deep down into that icon. I, th- I, think, I think it's because we're all guys. We're all guys. <laughs> we're all guys I, and we're all we got a little bit just a little tinge of immaturity <laughs> I, I definitely I, I, and that icon was definitely done on purpose <laughs> it, it absolutely was it absolutely was the vulgar like, no expect about that. that yeah you just expect that from them i don't know what what looks um weird about a, a spaghetti with a big meatball in the middle what that's not what that's not what that <laughs> looks like at all. Um. Anyways, the game though, the game is yeah. is fantastic, man. The game is yeah. done, done well, yeah. In the beginning, you're just kind of just like go. You're just going everywhere, going through the motions, and you're just enjoying just eating people because oh, you, yeah. you start as this little 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 demon, uh, goblin pool of cess. Yeah, like, and then you just gobble i mean like you're just taking humans and eating them in half and and they're screaming and they're running in fear it's insane it is like a a metroidvania where you're just kind of infecting everywhere and you're growing uh like pretty much about three levels like three different stages and then you're getting these abilities as you're growing into um like a stronger monster while spreading your goop everywhere. Mm, um what a yeah, visceral so are, game. Yeah, it, it's 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 good. So you get certain abilities, you can go back and backtrack through the levels and get like little power-ups and stuff like that. That's how the game is built. This game could definitely be too long and it was like just on the cusp of that. It's just like, oof. Okay, I'm I'm kind of done with going around and eating people. How long is too long? Man, I don't even know how long it took me. Shit, I, I, it doesn't say it on Xbox. How how long to beat dot com says four hours. Yeah, that's okay. about right. Hours. That's about right. I think a part of that I heard was because it has no map, right? So you do a lot of backtracking, but it's kind of blind backtracking because there's not a map. Is that right? Yeah, it's blind, which is wow, which is why? annoying. <laughs> that's yeah, like that, like, the only thing that's annoying about that game. Everything else is pretty fine. But you have to memorize where you're coming from. And it's not very easy to tell that you're actually going back to a hub world in the beginning. You're like, oh, this is a hub world? Is, is that what this is? Because it lo- kind of looks the same. 
as everything else. As you travel through, you recognize like, oh, okay, the one with the greenery is the hub world. And you keep going back and going to the next thing that you, once you get that new new ability, you find that place in that new hub world you can go through now and go into that new <laughs> but how section. could you remember where it is <laughs> yeah like because you, you already pl- you played a level for the last 40 minutes so you just don't know um but yeah it, i i mean there's not much to say about it it's your monster you kill people it's it's satisfying to play yeah yeah it's a cool like, idea for the sure. way it moves yeah, like does that ever get your mouse? Horrifying. It, it, is, it is gross. They they've perfected it, man. It's so good. It's so good. I imagine you don't put each tentacle down, right? You no, just hold you're just holding a and button, it, and it just and does it. That's cool. Yeah, that feels good. I, and it never gets old. Like like, does it ever fail you? Does it just feel no, unreliable? No, it's consistent. Glitchy? No, huh? That game is neat. Anything but glitchy. That game is. Yeah, because when you look at it, it there's like there's a lot of weird physics stuff going on. It looks like like it'd be more janky than it is. It's not at all. It's not at all. It's a. It's a. I guess. I guess a a monster wouldn't have a map. That's it. But that's (laughs) the only thing. Now you're thinking thinking with George logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's um, the only thing. <laughs> how, how do you feel about the price point for ten dollars for four to five hours? Does that sound right to you? Oh, it's twenty on Steam. It is. Where did I get that ten dollars? It's a, it's thing it's from? on it's on the uh, Game Pass. Xbox Game Pass. Okay, that's why yeah, I that played it, been, and that's yeah. five dollars for that month. And there's plenty of other stuff that you can spend your um spend your time with for five dollars. I am going to be. I just had George reactivate the uh, podcast one because. I want to do some flying. Have I just been... I've been spending too much money on this podcast. When I saw that in Discord, I was like, wait a minute. There's a fucking... We have a fucking account. I could we have been, always I could, had we, one. We, we, we were it, talking we with you for, about it when we... Yeah, that we was made Gears it for, 5. Gears 5. We made it for Outer, Outer Worlds. It was for all of us to play Outer Worlds. We played Gears 5 together using that account. <laughs> what do you... What? How could we play together? When there's only one account, you can't, you can't actually you can't actually do that. It seems like Microsoft Flying Simulator. I'm going. It's 150 <laughs> gigabytes, but I'm going to. Oh, that's almost Warzone. That's all. <laughs> Didn't they just ask people to install like a 66 gigabyte thing? Liam, that's normal. How do what hard drives do people have? It's been fucking normal. Every time we want to fucking play it, we don't play anymore because fuck that. It's been normal. 30 gigs, 60 gigs. And then it just kind of like goes away after it's installed. It is so shitty. How can you, you come home after a day of working and you're asked to download 60 gigs. I still haven't downloaded my 60 gigs, dude. Fuck that shit, man. I paid money for that game. It broke my heart to <laughs> uninstall Hitman Two to uh, install Total World Troy because of yeah. I've uninstalled Destiny is. Two just to install Microsoft Flight Simulator, and I kind of had a little bit of a heartbreak for that. I haven't played it for a while, but I was like, I like this being installed and being there. But I want to do some flying. This thing's been getting like ten out of ten reviews. It's like it has a two point eight in Game Pass. 
Maybe Why? Maybe because it's 100 fucking 60 gigabytes or whatever. Rushed it without finishing it? Ooh, some bad well, reviews. That could be some like earlier version. I feel like Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 has been released several times before, but that might just oh, be... Oh, may- maybe so. Right. You might be right. You might be right. Okay, so what's what's the deal with the current release, August 18th, 2020, for, for Microsoft Flight Simulator with no numbers or letters after the name? Well, it has three different versions with multiple different planes, but the base oh, version boy. is on... Uh, yeah, and like the special edition version, even the digital version of it is like $150. Oh, boy. That's a dollar a gig. A dollar a gig? <laughs> oh, no. No. Now that's what I call consumer unfriendly. <laughs> Bang buck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that indie game. How much fucking gigabytes am I getting for my dollars with indie games, huh? Fucking zero. That's what. No, so <laughs> but I it looks so good, but I'm fairly sure the novelty will wear off fast. I'm going to fly over Kyoto. I'm going to fly over where I lived in the UK. I'm going to fly over maybe like New York or something. And I'll be like, that's it. I'm done. Is it actually going to take you 11 hours like in real life? I think you can queue up that kind of shit. <laughs> For sure. I mean, it's a simulator, oh, right? So boy. you can actually fly a plane. <laughs> oh, like boy. fly a plane with a flight stick and everything. Um, VR support coming this fall. But the, the the amazing thing about this game is it is truly, and I do mean this. And if anybody ever asked me what next gen is, this is next gen. It streams real data whilst you're playing it, like weather simulations, uh, like complete data of the area you're in, and it streams all of it. And pre-generate some of it at the same time. Oh yeah. So we're... obviously when it's 150 gigs, so obviously there's already a massive amount of content, right? But no team can completely map out the entire Earth. So the way they do it is they take obviously real data from satellites yeah. and Google Maps and Google Images and then lays it out. They generate approximate assets on top that are of HD and 4K quality. So it has complete 3D and you can fly and land in any place on the planet. And it looks like every fucking tree on the ground is rendered. Like, it's insane just to look at. It is an insane level of detail, right? But the technology they're using to do it is based on real-world data that they get whilst you're playing the game and to, you know, basically not blow out your PC or whatever, right? Then streaming that data to you in in incredibly smart ways. Like, this is how next-gen should work, right? Like. This is the amount of, it's basically like unlimited data, right? As long as you don't have an internet data cap, you can pretty much create a game that is an entire Earth-sized world without too much problem. I think it's quite the technical marvel, to be honest. Cars move at the bottom. What the fuck? There's cars moving. Streets have street lights. Yeah, there's like all sorts of stuff they're doing. Yeah, it's it's insane. So so there's like some kind of algorithmic procedure going on that's like adding individual lights on top of streets it's pulling from Bing Maps. And it looks fucking perfect. 
yeah. Like, uh, how would you throw around the term photorealism here? Are we are we there mm. yet? Because it looks pretty close. This looks pretty close. So uh, Andy from PC Gamer, Mr. Brilliant, who used to do a really good series called uh, Other Places on YouTube, basically taking incredible videography shots of like uh, video game spaces, has been doing like picture to picture comparisons of places he's been on holiday uh, versus pictures from inside Microsoft Flight Simulator. And one, it's impressive the fact that he's try- he's almost, re- you know, completely replicated the photo he took in real life. But it's hard to tell the difference. Uh, for sure. It's hard to tell the difference. And that is... You, you sound a little terrified at the prospect. It's scarily good. Like, they're... Ren- you know how impressed we were when we first saw, like, Google Earth, right? And, like, you know... Google Maps. Mm-hmm. It's like VR the Google. next step of that, right? Like uh, Google Earth VR or Google was it Google Earth VR or whatever it was? Yeah, blew my mind, right? But that was still like two D texture flowing, hovering around real photographic imagery, right? This is three D space, three D space with HD textures, uh, even though they're approximate based on like ticket, uh, picking the color and the size of buildings and stuff like that. And then just generating a building on top, unless it's an iconic building, it's pretty impressive. For those who are interested, um, no, no, it's on Game Pass. The standard yeah, edition is on Game yeah, Pass. It is. Just make sure you've got 160 gigabytes and no data gap. I do not have yeah. 160 gigabytes right now. Too much of Troy. Too much of Troy. Yeah, it it looks good though. So uh, I'm gonna be uh, spending all night downloading that. I remember playing Flight Simulator when I was young. I didn't have a computer. My uh, my uncle did, and he'll like let me play while um, my mom talked with her sisters. It's so <laughs> crazy how like look at baby Matt. Look at the planes. That's look at the planes. Specific. Son. Look at the planes. I would crash it, but it's all good. I'm gonna crash it now. I'm 30. I'm oh, definitely yeah. going to crash it. Sorry, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to take off. That's what it was. <laughs> I, I wonder if the horror of the crashes are now photorealistic as well. It's probably still... That's the thing, right? They're probably just going to be like that plane decompression. <laughs> you know, the crumple where the front... Like, the nose of the plane falls off and then the wing... Like a GTA crash almost. Yeah. I'm, it just crumbles. I would love to see just how jarring and weird it would look to see the whole plane just, like, clip through scenery at that level of photorealistic detail. Well, I'll report back next week with my pilot's log. My cousin actually is a pilot. Maybe I'll ask her to review it and give us her thoughts. I got one more. Fire away. Valorant. I've I've been interested. Whoa. Is it is it It's pretty it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Well if yeah. you like Counter Strike. I do. It's Counter Strike. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a game it's, it's a game magic Counter Strike. Like when I first played it, I didn't know that I I, I uh apparent, apparently because my account was like hacked way back, I was on the Siberian um shard of the the server (laughs) so when i first played it i was getting lag and i didn't understand what was going on and then people were like 
talking in a really, really rough accent. <laughs> Say, go to B, go to B. Come on then, go to B. Like, I was like, what? I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, they're speaking English, so what's what's going on here? They're so, trying you, their darndest. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you. <laughs> like, it's just, so I went to B. I was like, yeah, I'll go to B. Fuck it. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah but I, I noticed um, that the currency in the store was also different. So I was just like, okay. So I had that once I switched over, I had to start all over from scratch and I was getting no lag. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. It's, I never got into Counter-Strike, but, um, this game for, for, for an old, for an old dude that has boomer eyes, you know, where all, all he can count on his, his, uh, his aim, uh, it definitely eyes. works out for me for sure. Works out for me quite well. Um, you definitely, I would say once you get to the higher, higher rank play, you gotta have a team. But other than that, other than that, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty fun game. It, it's basically modern Counter-Strike, you know, with, you know, like, with, with, with those abilities from, uh, from Overwatch. It's fun. It's a fun game. It's fun. It's, it's I don't know. I never, I was never that into Counter Strike, but I played a lot of League of Legends. I like the way it looks, but I don't think I would. Enjoy how does the fun? Personally. How does the fun make you feel, though, Matt? Where, what part of your soul is being ignited here? This is not a George game. <laughs> this is no sneaky. I mean, you can camp if you want, but it isn't. There's no guarantee that you're gonna win from camping because people just flank you. Because you know that that this shit is like like my shit. These are these are the games I totally go down the bad obsessed place with. Are these like tactical competitive FPS? When when you like ace a team, you feel fucking good. Uh, it's just like yeah, my skill level is better. <laughs> like blah, blah, blah. like when you when you do those clutch matches, or 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 like I don't know, you and someone else does do like a really good match. Like it, it's. It's satisfying, man. It's I don't know. It's not it's it's a very basic game. You literally point and shoot and there's a learning curve there. How how is the the gunplay and and the time to kill and the flow like is it quick like uh like Counter-Strike deaths or slow like Halo? No, it's like 30 minute games. That that's the like the, for me for me that's the only problem. It's like the games are long, man. How do they keep it going for 30 minutes? It, it, you have to win 13 straight games. 13 um, rounds? 13 rounds, dude. It's long. So it's long. what? That's best out of 13 is a very strange metric. It's not the best to, out of 13. Uh, it's 13 wins. How long are the rounds? Uh, about a minute and a half. And you're forced to uh, you're forced to plant. So a minute and a half times thirteen is like the other team contests you, obviously. So it could go to thirteen, thirteen, fourteen, fourteen. It could keep going up. What's the time to kill in that game like? Like, is is it a Call of Duty oh, sort of thing where it all depends on you looking at the person, or is it a Halo thing where you have to like make sure your headshots. weapons are firing for seconds at a time? So no, it's quick, not Halo. It's quick not, time it's, to kill. It's Counter Strike. Literally, you can headshot people like like that. You could take out a whole team real quickly if you're headshotting them. If you're hitting them in the body, you're going to do significantly less damage, but it'll take and it'll take you longer to kill. 
But Sounds if you're headshotting people, it will destroy them. Kind of yeah, like okay. a hunt, so, which is so, why I like a hunt better. Yeah, I, I like having that uh, grand equalizer. So it's always possible to save the day just by whipping your mouse at exactly the right milliseconds upon precision. I can tell that you'll just get completely ego. You'll get so angry. You'll get so angry oh. at this game. Okay. All right. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> and Liam doesn't play shooters, right? You don't, you don't play. I mean, don't play I, don't, shooters, right? I don't play stuff like Counter-Strike. And now it's weird because I've been thinking, like, after recent experiences, like, of playing stuff like Fall Guys, and also we played Titanfall Two with the community last week. And oh my it was god, awesome. that was, it was so, so fun. much fun! Oh my god! Oh. Even though I'm really bad at it, it, it I really like Titanfall anyway. But I haven't played it for a couple of years, and obviously a couple of the guys we're playing with are really good, so we're just getting shot all the time. But <laughs> it was it's so much fun when you can coordinate and have those experiences. This leads me into the only game I played this week because I've been mostly watching SGDQ, which is on this week, the speedrunning uh, charity thing. I got back into playing Final Fantasy fourteen because I wanted that multiplayer itch feeling again. The itch, right? And obviously the the patch, the five point three patch for Final Fantasy fourteen just came out, which uh, you know, has end game content for um, uh, what's it called, Shadowbringers. But the biggest important thing for me, because where I'm stuck, where is Heaven's Ward, is that flying mounts now work, so you can just breeze across the map without having to fight mobs or whatever and get through things. Attrition, you can just go from quest to quest. And the quest line I was on, which is the patches between Realm Reborn and Heaven's Ward, had been a bit rejigged. Some had been removed because they're really painful. And it really put me off, and that's why I stopped playing. Now, those quests have been super easy to get through because I can just fly around the map and, you know, go do stuff. And it led me to raids. I finally unlocked raids, the Crystal Tower stuff, in, uh, just before Heaven's Ward. And that was so fun, even though I was playing with randos and I was just being a shit DPS. <laughs> I was still having a bunch of fun. Um, it was really good, and it gave me that multiplayer itch again. But I'm, I'm still wanting to find something else like that i can play with other people like i i downloaded remnants rise to ashes the like gun dark souls game me too i played a little bit of that from epic right and i kind i kind that's that's a multiplayer right yeah so i kind of also want to play that like i want to give that a go that reminds me of hunt showdown but not hunt showdown oh like it's more ooh. cooperative ooh, right? hunt yeah 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 but um remnant is like um it's like it's like the, the the weird cousin. Okay, okay. You know, when it comes down to polish, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a little da- a little you, you're gonna when you first when you play the t- tutorial that they uh force you in, you're gonna feel that jankiness there. You're gonna feel it a little bit. Like it, it's not jankiness, it's more ruggedness. Like it's just you know, the animations just seem very stiff. You know? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's more cooperative, right? So yes, and I like I really like cooperative multiplayer games. It's a like a loot shooter. Uh, it's a it's a loot shooter. Yeah, yeah. It it story is shit, but it it is fun co op. Eh, worth a go then. Uh, you, there's also Risk of Rain too, which came out one one point oh. So that's also another. That was game another yeah, and that, like because there are two games that well two games I'm waiting to come out. So obviously Microsoft Flight Center came out. I'm kind of interested in playing that. Rogue Legacy 2, 
is supposed to come out today. Oh, really? And I've been refreshing Rogue Steam Legacy? all day because I really want to play that because I really enjoyed the first Rogue Legacy. And obviously, I make roguelikes now what? for some reason. So, Rogue Legacy 2. Um, it's the only thing that's left. It is, uh, you know, I want to play that. And PGA Golf 20K1 comes out. Right? And oh, I my God. Play what that. is up with you with these games, <laughs> man? <laughs> Okay, that means... Hey, man, I'm a man who makes roguelites and a man who makes golf games. What can I say? It's recent. It makes sense. Makes sense. That that means all I got is George. George has to play Valorant with me now. But you you can play... If you play Risk of Rain 2 with me, I'll play Risk of Rain 2 because I'm interested in playing that. So I was looking this up while you guys were talking about it because I did want to confirm. Remnant from the Ashes is kind of sort of connected to Hunt Showdown. They are sister games in the sense that the project that Crytek USA brought with them after they got shut down became Remnant from the Ashes when they splintered off into a different studio and what? then became Hunt oh. Showdown when Crytek continued that same project in-house. Oh. Wow. Yeah, so they're... That's why they feel so similar. Yeah, they... I mean, it's got 9 out of 10 rating. No, it doesn't feel similar at all. I mean, aesthetically, is basically the idea was to make multiplayer cooperative games where you're hunting monsters in historical periods. One game, one game is the I am Groot monsters, and then another game is like I don't know these zombie creatures, and the gunplay feels completely different. Like it's like the project originally looked a lot more like Resident Evil Four. Um. So Which like, one? Whatever became either of these two games. Uh, it was originally called Monsters of the Gilded Age. That's nuts. It was um, going to be more cooperative than competitive. That's so nuts, man. Yeah. Hunt Showdown has, has a very, very colorful history that surprisingly has something to do with Remnant from the Ashes. That's cool. And, and Remnant, I think, did well. I, a lot of people enjoyed it's, it. It's got a 9 out of 10 on Steam, and it has 24,000, about to hit 25,000 reviews. Oh, that's pretty, so that's pretty 25,000 reviews oh, is no. pretty tight, and also 9 out of 10 from that average is... Especially because the, the first section of that game is pretty shit. It's pretty garbage. I'm wondering how that how that compares to Hunt Showdown. I guess it must be like, you know, like all looter shooters, you get through the onboarding process, which is always an arduous bullshit kind of toned down toned down bit of the loop. Oh, it is bad. The story, everything. Yeah. Useless conversations, everything. It was just your care the way the character looks and moves. Is this it's difficult? Great. Because it, it does get, it basically, oh, it is. people keep saying it's, it's difficult, but you have checkpoints and you don't, yeah, I don't think you get penalized. I died at the boss. Okay, I, at the well, boss I, I own it now because it was free. So I'm kind of tempted. It's, yeah, I, I would say play with a friend though. I think it's. Are you, are you my friend? Yeah, <laughs> we can play. Shit. I'll load that shit up. I'm about Hell to get my, yeah. about to fix my, my PC while doing stupid shit. I got my power supply. Oh yeah, there's literally a wood, uh, like a tree boss called the Ent. Yeah, I, I think the bosses are, are what's gonna get me to be interested in that game more. I know Risk of Rain is also a game that another friend is playing, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna play all the all the co-op games and see what sticks. I am definitely a little more interested in Risk of Rain than I am Remnant, but I I try both. Risk of Rain is probably the better game, to be honest. 
the thing is, is that Remnant has more progression. It depends on how much you want progression or do you want like roguelike action? You know me. I don't really progress in video games. Do you want to play two hours and it just disappears? Yeah. I mean, Risk of Rain probably makes more sense to me because I like the loops. <laughs> I like the, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. experience to be short and tight and sweet. Wow. 67,000 reviews on Steam and overwhelmingly positive for Risk of yeah, Rain. Yeah, yeah, man. Risk of Rain blew up. And this, this was way before. This is when it first came out. People love okay. that game. I still don't understand it. I've watched it from afar. I've just bought it. Just bought it? Alright, maybe maybe I'll, snag, I'll snag it up. I'll snag it up. While we were recording? While we I were recording. I literally just pressed the purchase button. Making decisions. Yeah. I'm waiting for Rogue Legacy. I want to pull the trigger on that, but it's still not out. I'm not going to lie. Rogue Legacy kind of looks like Rogue Legacy, man. What's going on, I'm, man? I'm down with that. I really liked the first game. It was such a surprise and something I really enjoyed. As a, as a developer, does it look like the colors look a little, little dated? It, 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 is that a weird thing to say? The art, I will admit, the art is not the most appealing aspect of it. Yeah, like the menus on the top left and the, it, the map on the top right, it just doesn't. But the first game was also not a very good-looking game. Well, I mean, it was also years ago. It was good for the time. Yes. Sometimes... I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters, but... You can get away with it because... Well, that's the thing, right? Is the first game was a bit more pixel art-looking, whereas this one is very clear uh, color art. It almost looks a bit like a mobile game. Oh, never mind. I've seen the, the GIF. The GIF looks pretty good. Maybe maybe not the menus and stuff, but the the at least the animations are on point. Yeah, the animations are on, which is what matters. Holy shit! It looks like they have a bit of polish in regards to the animations and stuff, but in terms of wow. like the comic style art, it's like children's comic almost looking. Yeah, but it's the gameplay, man. Like the first game was great. Like the uh, different disabilities and uh, you know, it, it's so fun. Wait, dis disabilities. That's what they're called. They're called, you know? yeah, they're called disabilities, right? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's rough, yeah, man. Dyslexia. Oh, geez. Uh, synesthesia. Oh. Yeah. Associative agnosia. Hyperflatulence. Oh, that's the worst one. Yeah. Rogue Legacy was a was an asshole, man. Rogue Legacy was a fucking The synesthesia one was amazing. Do I have a video <laughs> on Rogue Legacy? Oh, shit. Speaking of games oh, in which you play as a legacy of characters that go up against a Mass Effect generational challenge. Oh, you, do you want to talk about Mass Effect? No, no, or? no, no, no. I didn't see anything else on there, so I was wondering where you're going. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was going for uh, you know, Infinity Blade. Remember Infinity Blade? Yeah, 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 yeah. Back in the day. The the developers of Infinity Blade, Epic Games, has sued the um <laughs> the platform holder of uh Infinity Blade, Apple, for collecting a 30% cut on all sales of Infinity Blade. Actually, they took Infinity Blade off the App Store a long ass time ago, and that has nothing to do with the current controversy. As you no doubt have already heard, a big heavyweight legal fight between two giant greedy billion dollar corporations is going to determine, if not legally, then for sure culturally, the future of mobile development over the coming years. 
Epic is suing Apple and Google at the same time for rules they knowingly Damn. broke that they are asserting are an illegal monopolistic business practice. On Friday, August 14th, Epic released a Fortnite update on iOS and Android that included a cheaper Epic direct purchase option for um, some in-app purchases of V-Bucks. They were breaking a rule that Apple applies on the App Store that requires that all of the in-app purchases go through their own App Store and that they collect a 30% cut on it. They ended up getting taken off the App Store, banned from the App Store, and then within the hour of that happening, they dropped a 60-page lawsuit, a uh, video to get the kids riled up with the hashtag free Fortnite social media campaign. Whoa, whoa, whoa. A very specific video. A video that was... Of 1984, the famous Apple... Yeah. Fight against IBM advert parodied in Fortnite. And the camera closes up on an audience member shocked and appalled at what's going on at a cartoon Apple overlord saying that they want a share of their profits. They had those assets ready to go right out of the gate. Oh, yeah, they did. It was a premeditated <laughs> move. They knew they broke the rules and had been holding on to this for a while. The timing is also extra deliberate because Apple is under investigation for antitrust violations from both the United States and in Europe at the moment. I feel kind of queasy about about the nature of this thing. Uh, I mean... I'm a little lost on what. How can we explain it for Matt? It doesn't matter to consumers, ultimately. Um, it matters to people who make mobile games, and I guess it also matters in regards to how can you fight against the Silicon Valley conglomerates. <sighs> I feel like it's weird. It's both bad and good, and it could be good and bad. Right? Uh, for developers. Yeah. I don't know if consumers will ever fit into this. I don't know because it doesn't directly. Yeah, indirectly from how the how it changes the economy as a whole. So it's it's bad currently because Apple have threatened to basically revoke any Unreal Engine licensed apps. So any apps or games that have been made via the Unreal Engine. The entire Infinity Blade series will basically be removed from the App Store and you will not be able to use that tool set to make games on the App Store, which is not as high as Unity, but it's a fair amount of apps, right? And that's a lot of people's livelihoods. Third-party devs who have no stake in this fight whatsoever are not part of Epic, they're not part of Apple, they just use the tool sets that are, are available, right? That is bad. What is good is if Epic do win, that 30% means a lot to smaller developers, right? I mean, I think Epic have got quite a good track record when it comes to these things. A lot of people don't, I seem to have already forgotten that Epic changed the face of, well, changed the current state of PC gaming uh, storefronts. And now we have the Epic Store, which last year was like laughable, but is now a serious contender. We've just talked about Remnant Rise to Ashes or whatever it was, and also Troy, because both of those games were free on Epic. But the big thing about that is it's not the Valve 30%, 40% cut. It's that if you release a game on Epic, it's a 12% cut. It's huge. It's huge. It's so, many, so much profits. It's like your monthly overhead's covered. 
compared to if you sold a game on Steam, right? So already Epic have, for developers, made a fairer space to recoup costs. Now, if they do the same on Apple, and they somehow get it so that there is some sort of thing you can sign up to via Apple that is less than 30%, if you're talking like, if you're a developer and you sell your app and you make $100,000, instead of $30,000 going to Apple, 15000 may go to Apple. That's 15000 back. You think, like, how much of a difference that makes to a smaller developer in terms of, like, their overhead costs, the fact that publishing costs on mobile and other platforms costs, like, that much money anyway. I don't know. It's, like, it's... It's que- I understand the queasy part in terms of like we're basically just watching a popcorn fight between two of the biggest companies. Well, I mean, Apple is infinitely bigger than Epic, but Epic are obviously now a huge multi-billion dollar empire. In terms of like what could actually happen for developers in the long run could actually be pretty good, but also currently the repercussions for anybody involved with Unreal Engine is very, very bad. This is going to ripple and not end quickly. No. I, I'm amazed that Epic... And it's weird, because like I don't think this is about Epic being that greedy, right? Because Epic now don't have Fortnite downloads on either Android, because Google also took it off Android, or you know iOS. And Epic can make a bank, right? <laughs> Regardless of the 30%. Yeah, they're, they're making an absolute bank, fine. right? So they've risked their biggest money-making <laughs> title for a cause that may monetarily help them in the future, but ultimately seems to be something they're doing because they disagree with percent. They did it with Valve and, and the 30% for Valve, and now they're doing it for Apple. I don't know if this is just Tim Sweeney being like, you know, devs need better support. I, I don't know. It does feel like a little bit like that, but... I'm not really sure. Well, they would have something to gain from that, too. They would, but they're also risking a hell of a lot as well, right? Like, like, potentially nobody will use the Unreal Engine ever again to develop mobile titles, which is a huge space. And also, currently, Fortnite is not making any money via mobile platforms, which I imagine is a huge percentage of the user base, especially in Asia, right? And we've seen if people don't play a game for, you know, even like a week, they tend not to go back. And if they keep the game off the store over the course of the whole entire lawsuit, then that's a time span of years, potentially years. Exactly right. And Apple know this. And Apple are going to hold the balls in terms of like letting Fortnite back on the App Store again, because it's going to look like a loss, right? If they let it back on, regardless of whether, you know, it's it's completely correct and everything's above board, it's still going to look outside to everybody else like Apple lost. So Apple Apple care more about their image than they care about money. I don't think Apple are going to let Fortnite back on the iOS store anytime soon. That's kind of why I feel queasy about it, is that it feels like a lot of collateral damage might happen. Yeah, of course. For what is a potentially good cause. I feel similar, like like it's good and bad. I feel that it's good because underneath the the PR campaign and the greedy motives is a good cause, and that's the right to repair. 
and the right to digital ownership, the right to be able to download something from a third-party developer without permission of the original manufacturer of the device that you're using. What I think is bad are the tactics and the language that Epic is using it and some strategy that I think might legitimately cause them to throw the case. One of the things that they do a lot in this lawsuit is use the word monopoly. And the case being that Apple has a monopoly over the digital distribution of iOS app development and distribution. But to argue that in court, you would have to make the case that there's no competitors for that market. And in the world of cell phones, I, I've never really felt like I've missed out on much, even as, as an Android customer. I feel like if you can say that, then the monopolistic argument might not hold as much water. The difference is that it's supposed to be a ubiquitous device that everyone throughout society uses to make uh, their normal lives function. And um, when, when someone is monopolizing what is supposed to be a ubiquitous industry like that, that you need, then the rules are supposed to change and allow for more competition. So then on that front, you have to start thinking, okay, are those same rules going to be applying to video game consoles, which have traditionally been a closed market, except for some court cases where it turns out it was ruled that maybe they shouldn't be. In 2006, Sony was releasing some advertising saying that you could run Linux on PlayStation 3s. And the first batch of PlayStation 3s they released, people were able to do that. That's a feature that they locked out later on, and they ended up getting sued for it and lost. And back in the day, you could fill out some paperwork and get 65 bucks from the class action settlement. And I fear that this also is going to have a lot of uncomfortable arguments being raised in the case, comparing them to social media websites. And if a company like YouTube or Facebook has free reign to regulate and charge the customers who use it to make a livelihood from those platforms as well. So the biggest issue I have, though, is with that 1984 video and the language in some of their promotional campaigns. The fact that there is a promotional campaign at all over a pending lawsuit totally breaks the traditional we do not comment on pending litigation comment that comes about from some very serious laws involving contempt of court and and both parties to a court case trying to to gather their evidence and make their arguments and compare it to the existing laws without a whole lot of external events trying to steer the opinions of the jury one way or another. This is going to be incredibly nasty because of the way they started out and because of the weight being thrown behind all these punches and the legal ramifications that it has. And I worry that the best case scenario we could get out of it might not even happen at all because of the, I I do worry that they're, they're, they're standing on shaky legal grounds here too. I mean, Epic and Epic have been around for years. They're no slaps when it comes to probably things like this. Right. So I imagine they knew exactly what they were doing. Maybe they're just a little cocky. They think they're on the same oh, yeah. as, a, as an Apple. Which oh my god. They're not, right? Epic and massive, but it just it goes to explain how big Apple are. The video posits them as the underdog? The hashtag free Fortnite campaign assumes that Fortnite's been like locked up and, and put away somewhere and it hasn't. It's seen that yeah, so now that is the only thing about this that I think is the most egregious part is the the almost, as you mentioned, the weaponizing children, because yeah. obviously that's the majority of players, right? Weaponizing children to do this and the hashtag free Fortnite is fucking billion dollar game. 
don't, I don't know, that, that shit doesn't It's fly. usually looked down upon for pretty darn good reasons. If it was like hashtag free developers or something, then, you know, maybe that would work, but I don't know. It would hashtag be free better, but like it garbage. still might count as contempt of court when it actually comes down to it that they should know, right? Has anybody ever done a marketing campaign about a lawsuit before? Because that is weird. <laughs> it is so weird. I, I, I'm sure I, I just can't imagine a company with the money, like like Epic Money doing that sort of, that seems like a Joe Exotic move. <laughs> Hashtag free Joe Exotic <laughs> is, is totally a thing. And Hashtag Carol Baskin <laughs> killed her husband. Yeah, it's something that you would usually associate with a much more trashy <laughs> effort than, than Epic Games versus Apple conglomer holdings incorporated. I wonder how many people internally at Epic, especially on Fortnite, were like God, please no! What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Oh, I I don't know. I heard that game developers are just like like licking their lips and are real excited to to see how how this is going to go on. Uh, yeah, Epic probably side. until they heard about Apple being like, "Well, fuck you! Now you've ruined it for everybody who uses your tool set. That's not our fault. That's your fault. I mean, it's Apple's fault because Apple don't have to do that. But they, I guess they've got to make a point." Apple's response is Epic agreed to the App Store terms and guidelines freely, and we're glad they built such a successful business on the App Store. The fact that their business interests now lead them to push for a special arrangement does not change the fact that these guidelines create a level playing field for all developers and make the store safe for all users. How do you feel about that? The the, the level playing field uh, imagery in particular? Bullshit. If it was 15%, it'd be a level playing field. If it was 50%, it'd be a level playing field. Like, you just have to do it for everybody. But you could always argue. Because if it would, if it started at 15%, people would argue for 5%. I Like, I don't know. I At least it's not 50%. Some A lot of publishers take 50% from developers when they publish games, but you get a lot back. I mean, for the App Store, you don't really get anything apart from a place to host your game that is freely available to a massive audience, right? That, in this day and age, is not that much of a big deal, but, you know, Apple aren't giving you anything else for that 30%. They're just automatically taking that. You know, we use Patreon now, right? We host our Patreon on Patreon. Patreon take a massive cut of out of that, right? Tax and before tax and then Patreon payment fees and all that kind of stuff. It's what these... Things do. I seriously wonder how the same argument, a similar, even a similar argument could be made for the Google case, because it's not difficult to install third party apps on an Android phone. It is a pop up button that you just hit yes on and then you're good. Like I, I saw some of the 12 step guides it takes for an iOS device, and I can understand, understand the pains a little bit more on that side. But the fact that they're doing it for Google as well. When customers do not have as many hoops to jump through at all on the Google side, strikes me as a little fishy. It's not going to go away anytime soon. Like, like when it comes to arguing that it's a monopolistic business practice, they have to make a case for what industry they're monopolizing over. So if it's digital distribution of iOS apps, then you have to ask the questions of why... I, I think the only way Epic can get away with this is to create some sort of case where Apple needs to change the rules percentages based on what it is Apple gets. 
right? So, like, for example, V-Bucks and stuff like that, uh, maybe if you create your own in-game economy, Apple shouldn't take a percentage of that because Apple have done no work for that. But if you're if you're selling some sort of... In court, they're going to say they made the hardware, they made the store, they made the infrastructure, and that's where the 30% is supposed to be funding. I mean, Nintendo and PlayStation are worse, right? Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, percentage. yeah. <laughs> which actually is a whole big <laughs> aspect I want the gamers to know about is that, like, when you compare this stuff to other electronic devices, I don't think uh, PlayStation and them take percentage off microtransactions, though. I'm not sure. Is that why they're not making a big deal about them being on the uh, digital stores for Nintendo and PlayStation? It's probably because the numbers are just. Smaller that you know they're they're in the hundreds of thousands compared to the millions, hundreds of millions that are on mobile. Matt, you okay back there? Yeah, I I can understand not feeling particularly this inspired. Will never affect you, Matt, because you don't play Fortnite, and also you're not a video game developer. But it is interesting to watch two giant billion dollar companies, well, Apple's case of trillion dollar, uh, fight each other. Why not? It affects the end consumer in the in the sense that weird, small, incredibly cheap games could actually have much greater footholds on the mobile market if they didn't have to play by App Store rules. Because App Store rules filter a lot of good shit down to the bottom when it shouldn't be. And if it was easier for consumers to browse for games with a different interface and a different store. If you make it more appealing to be on your platform, but yeah. more rigorous to get there, that would solve a lot of issues that happen with both Steam and the App Store. They're both taking large cuts and they're both so easy to get onto, right? The App Store, you pay like $100 for a developer account. You you upload your game to Xcode, you make sure it runs, and then you upload it to the App Store, get accepted, bada-bing, bada-boom. Steam's exactly the same. You create an account, uh, a developer account, you pay $100, you get that sorted, you wait a week to set up whatever bank details for the account you want to send all the funds from your game to, you load your game, bada-bing, bada-boom, you press refresh. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Where, you know, Epic, you, you can't get on the Epic Store. You have to be, you have to go through a partnership with Epic to be there. You're chosen. It's same as Xbox Game Pass. And both of the, especially Xbox Game Pass, they give you funding up front to be there. Like, if you're a small indie game, you can get half a million dollars via Xbox Game Pass by giving them rights to, you know, host your game for free. Epic probably play I, I don't know but i've got to say like a total war, war game at least has got to cost somewhere in the regions of 25 to 30 million dollars to make it doesn't feel like it like with the size of creative assembly and also how long those projects run for it's gonna be like that so epic have got to have paid at least up front all of the dev costs for you know total war troy with the deal then being that all sales are complete profit for you know, Creative Assembly after that. It tends to be that you get a better deal and you end off better if you have been in a partnership, right? And Steam don't do partnerships anymore. Apple definitely don't, in outside of Apple Arcade, of course. But yeah, I don't know. There are, there are ways to improve for sure. One of, of the many big differences of the user experience of hooking up and 
setting up a computer and booting it for the first time is that one of the first things you do after is install Steam. Even though it will come with the Microsoft Xbox game experience fun store, that's not where you go for for a good time playing games on on the machine you're building there. If you have if you have a phone though, your options are so much more limited and the chances of a normie discovering games like like Monument Valley or or like The World Ends With You on iOS are so much it just seems so much more unfriendly for the game buying experience because Apple has traditionally fucked that whole side of the electronics business up bad. Apple Arcade, you like that though, right? It depends what type of game. Like Matt's got an iPhone and he downloaded Apple Arcade just so he could play my game, right? But I don't think he necessarily is going to keep that subscription going afterwards. But he's got Epic and he's downloading that free games and I imagine he's probably purchased at least one or two games from that store. Hey Matt, you, you, you there? <laughs> I got Ancestors, which I regret deeply. There you go. Like, he even bought the monkey game from them. And like one of those games is the amount of money that you would have to spend, what, on 100 apps? Because of the entry point apps are, you know, if you even spend $30 on a game, right? That's a lot of apps you could buy. The value is skewed. So I, I don't think Apple necessarily, I don't know. Like, I, it's, yeah, it's it's apples and oranges. And I don't know whether Epic are going to win this. It's apples and oranges being being fought over by Big Apple versus Big Orange. Yeah. And and what I want is for, for everybody to be able to grow their own little apple in Orange Garden uh, uh, fertilized with with the remains of of their pre of of their um apple or orange pie. It's not comparable to pre digital stuff. It's an unprecedented situation in history. I don't think the existing laws and infrastructure that we have were meant to account for us living in a world where our lives depend on computers, and that's why laws like this must change. It's going to be so incredibly messy and weird because this is how it's going to have to change. I would so much rather there be like an association of mobile developers who, I don't know, unionize together or, or form some sort of trade group and lobby to a functioning Congress to change the laws. But that's not going to happen. Nope. Instead, we get this these lawsuits to change the laws. Yep. Matt, you, you've been thrilled. You, you've seemed thrilled. You've looked thrilled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've listened intently. Definitely. With gleam in your eyes. Amazing. This is totally <laughs> the kind of news where if you don't know the incredibly fancy drama minutiae going into it ahead of time, and also don't know the kind of indirect and abstract implications it has on everyone's daily life, it's just incomprehensible. So this is I think that's the thing, right? I want to move on from this because fuck me, it's going over too long. But Ultimately, Matt not really knowing anything about it and not really caring. Nine-year-olds who play Fortnite are also not going to give a fuck, right? They're just not going to give a fuck. They're going to have no idea. All I read about on Twitter were nine-year-old armchair legal experts. They really got a hold of those kids for a couple days. And I'm wondering what they're going to grow up to think about in the future with regards to, to... following the rules when when they have boring jobs with strange legal precedents in, in their careers. We're a long time in, and I'm already going 
crazy from having an existentialist nightmare. If you would like to contribute or correct us or voice your your inner demons and inner <laughs> don't, thoughts, don't correct us. <laughs> We know we're wrong. Then send us an email to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. It still works. We got one from Pro that I love. His name is just Pro. The subject line in the email just said, Opinions on Kanye. And the body text said, (laughs) As an artist, person, and celebrity. Kanye Omari West. Easy. The sunken place king. is Is it easy or is it just ye? No. This is Yeezy and Yee. Yeezys. You never, you never, you never saw his shoes. You ever got some Yeezys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But like his Twitter handle is Yee. Yeah, but his shoes are called Yeezys. I, I think I need to be informed. Actually, is is Yeezy like a nickname or or a portmanteau <laughs> of of Kanye West? What? When do you say Yeezy and when do you say Kanye? And what social situations is either title appropriate? No, no, no. It, it's just his shoes. <laughs> it's just his shoes. Yeezys is his shoes. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he calls himself many, many things. Many things. Oh, like Jesus? God. Yeah. <laughs> he just called himself God. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a character, man. I like his music. I always have, like since the graduation album. Since since graduation album? Yeah. So you still like his music now? No, wait, I need to double check what his last album is. Scoop dee boop, scoopy dee boop dee boop, scoopy dee boop. All right, yeah, that one I don't, fucking even sucks. Even I yeah. know no, about it, that it, that it, bullshit. It's, it's some jam to it. It's some jam. I've got, I wait. When was the last? It's some jam to it. I, I want to see what the last banger he made was. <laughs> They're all bangers. I feel like like. This might take a while if I ask t- to get caught up, but wasn't there a hilariously like unfinished or rushed ending to one of those albums? And that's where Scooby Doo Whoop comes from. Jesus, that was the last good album. Is that the Scooby Doo Whoop no. album? Because I thought there was one more that was like even more unfinished. Scooby Whoop was a single that got put into an album, from what I remember. Okay. It-, it came out first, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, Kanye's a genius." <laughs> This is stupid, but also I'm listening to it. Yeah. I am of the opinion that Kanye is a sad, tragic story that will be remembered for for generations as as a victim of of fame rather than a Well, it's it's become very apparent uh, and you know with his wife, you know, Kim Kardashian posting about it on Instagram. He's bipolar and he's had mental issues his entire life it seems like. So, mm-hmm. uh I mean that goes halfway to explaining some of his actions. It's a shame because his music and his philanthropy in the past, before all of this sort of, uh, you know, most recent actions kicked off, Kanye is pretty cool. George, let me ask you a question. Have yeah. you listened to one single Kanye song that isn't the yeah. meme? That isn't the meme Scooby Book Book song. Yeah, no, no. I listened to the his first couple albums over some road trips a few years ago. I'm pretty you, sure Graduation was one of them. You listened to Kanye West a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you, Kanye you. West was like one of the most 
repetitive songs in GTA 4 was the Flash and Lights one. Lights. You cannot avoid Kanye West. He is like like Michael Jackson. He's ubiquitous. Except what I think one of the big revelations in thinking we're going through right now, revolutions in thinking, is uh, more more people are focused more on equity and equality and pegging celebrities down to the same level as them. That's one of the things that's happening from uh, the proliferation of social media is that people are able to have way more of a connection with people who were previously higher up in uh, the social hierarchy and also gated from communicating with the rest of us. I think Kanye will be remembered as a talented individual who got screwed over from the system by the system not treating his mental health well because he's in an environment of yes men who don't want to treat it because if he resists, who's going to say no to Kanye West? Whereas if if any random schmuck resists, they'll have a whole family of people concerned about their well-being who will probably encourage them the other way to get bipolar treatment. Yeah, unlike Michael Jackson, I think Kanye West is is going to be remembered more tragically than as an eccentric musical genius, but still a similar embattled figure. Like, yeah. like, is he as big as Michael Jackson? Like, like I feel like no. He's he's close no. though. He's, he's close, yeah, but he's out no. there. Like, I think it's that thing, right? It's like, will any author outlive William Shakespeare? Right? There's a time and a place mm. where somebody just becomes <laughs> iconic that people two to three hundred years oh, from now, man, know who that person is. And and you you gotta wonder like how crazy William Shakespeare would have turned out if if he was doing his thing under a a media environment. Hey, man. Michael Jackson outlived William Shakespeare. William Shakespeare died at 50. Michael Jackson died at what? 53? Yeah, that'll teach him. That'll show him fucking William. (laughs) As the generations of celebrities who are going crazy from their celebrityhood continues on, I think people in the future will be a little more empathetic about celebrities going down a downhill spiral than people may have been in the past and that there might actually be more awareness about the importance of mental health coming out of Kanye's situation. I think jealousy will just rule over a lot of those people though. Oh. I don't know. I I I I would like to, I would like to say the majority would be sentimental, but I feel like people are like, oh, he has all this money. He needs to like get his shit together. Yeah. Because we over here struggling. You know, and his association with, you know, the presidential campaign. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where I think I can't be a Kanye West fan. Which is tough because, you know. Because he said a lot of stupid bullshit. Well, one side of him loves Trump. Another side of him loves Trump. There's no one in there. Well, one of them is like, I love Trump. The second is like, I can be president. And Elon, Elon wants it. So, what Elon wants, Elon gets. Similar, similar pathways for both of them. I, I, oh no, Elon is gonna change. They both were publicly loved people because of what they were creating, right? And now, due to a few bad tweets and a couple of bad actions, woof, public enemy number one. Except Elon Musk is sending us to space, man. At some point, you just gotta be like, all right, well. Michael Jordan was a dick. <laughs> but he wasn't a dick on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Twitter didn't exist for him, man. 
<laughs> Twitter didn't exist for him. If Michael Jordan was on Twitter, like, oh boy, oh boy, can you imagine? <laughs> First of all, he would be a completely different person. It's just like all the people growing up now, these kids growing up now with 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 Twitter and fucking Instagram and shit like that, and they they see all these pictures of what they're supposed to be and shit. Like they they grew up completely different than how we grew up. Michael Jordan will have grew up differently, man. I don't even know if he would be who he yeah. is right now if he if if he had yeah, fucking yeah. social media down his fucking throat. This next generation is gonna think of fame completely, completely different. Because cause I think like a lot of kids growing up from here on out aren't even gonna want fame because of you know cases like like Kanye. I I just I I just know if 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 Matt ever settles down, it's gonna be with some old girl. It's gonna be with some old girl. <laughs> social media. I'm just going so we can be <laughs> old people together in the wilderness with the internet. So I have a question that I'm sure we can all answer completely sincerely and seriously. Kobe asks, what are some of the most important factors and features of a visual novel that you consider when buying one? Are there any factors that dissuade you from buying one? I can't really answer this. I'll play. Oh, come on. I'll play. Come on. Play along. So Liam likes when the people on the cover have really, really, really big. Massive breasts. <laughs> I was going to say dicks, Just but okay. <laughs> I can only speak to the fact that I only play visual novels that tend to get popular, like Danganronpa and Doki Doki Literature Club. I don't tend to play visual novels, but I do play the ones that stand out. Um, so I'm not an expert. Matt, you play more than I do. Matt, I haven't played a visual novel in a while. Um, do I play more than you do? Don't put me under this bus. Definitely. If you had to buy one, if you if you closing your eyes and imagining the most, oh, I'll just buy that right away visual novel. What does your brain picture? Patio boyfriend. I don't know if I'm interested in in bird dating simulator. You're not interested. What in kind birds? of dating simulator? No. Uh, homophobia. <laughs> <laughs> right, bird birdophobia. <laughs> birdophobia. <laughs> birdophobia. I don't know. I I don't. I haven't seen any visual novels that have caught my eye. Really. Has anything good been out there? Like I don't know. Like it's it's like when when they first started like being like huge, you get your fill out of them, and then if the it's just if it's the same art, it's the same style. There's no animations. There's no like nothing pushing the genre forward. It's always just gonna be like this like picture visual novel. You know, it's kind of hard to kind of get into that. I guess, unless it's like really, really good, yeah, like some murder mystery or some 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 absurd shit going on. I don't know. Yeah. Well, what would be your dream dating sim? Dream dating sim. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I don't think these uh these these little these little anime games are gonna bring me my dreams dating sim. That's for sure. Art is a big factor for me with visual novels. Um. Even probably more so than dialogue most of the time. So one that just looks good. How about like date like Hades, you know, with the gods, um, but like dating like Japanese gods. Like get the guy. Are we talking about dating simulators or are we talking about visual novels? I think there's a Well the they're we're one and the same, aren't they? Are they? Not really. I, not really, but kind are of they? I mean 
There's a lot, lot of a lot of visual no- like there there is like two in Japan. I guess in Japan when you go to the store, you that's what you see. <laughs> there's like two genres. I am obviously hyperbole here, but it's it's dating and it's murder mystery, and that's like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's what I saw when I went there. And then there's the upstairs smut smut area, which I never got to go to. It was like very dark up there, very dark. <laughs> it's it's in it's in like Walmart, which you consider Walmart, right? We don't really have that in Japan. Yeah, yeah. There, there's like a multi-floored place that has oh, like like electronic store. Oh, like, and then, oh yeah, like big camera or something like that. Yeah, or uh, Yodobashi camera. I miss Japan. Being able to just go inside a store and buy something. Oof. As the not so proud owner of of multiple Danganronpa games in Doki Doki Ooh. Literature Club and. Someone who has tried out Katawa Shoujo and someone who downloaded that KFC uh, <laughs> dating visual novel, gave it a run and then never booted it back up. If there's word of mouth marketing and stupid bullshit attached, I will jump wait, on wait. it. I don't that know if I'll out? like get into it. The KFC one came out? Oh, yeah. It was How free. racist was it, though? Not very. But he had to be saying like, that's not KFC if he's not saying it's a little. He's not like not racially aware and shit like it has to be the colonel he wouldn't be the colonel i think when this was going out we did we did a little bit of history about it the colonel sanders i i think he was actually like pretty well liked among his local black community well he's making fried chicken yeah so (laughs) liam is like Actually, it's funny. I've got a quick story I heard the other day. A friend of mine I was having a discussion with uh, on a Zoom call, and we were talking about KFC for some reason. And then she had a story where she was like, she prefaced it with, I don't want to, like, you know, sort of, uh, was it like uh, one-up somebody because somebody had told a story about something? Um, But she she was saying she was watching TV with her grandma one day, and an advert for KFC came on, and it had the kernel in it. Like a, you know, like a cartoon version of him or something. And uh, her grandma just passingly said, like, he was such a nice man. <laughs> and she was like, what? She's like, yeah. I used yeah, to live near the yeah. Colonel when I was younger. He was such a nice guy. And she's like, what? You lived near the Colonel. You knew the Colonel. And she was like, yeah, everybody knew the Colonel back in the day. <laughs> if you read through, through his Wikipedia page, like, apparently he did mostly squeaky clean wholesome business interesting uh yeah he he's he's called the colonel but he's never had any association with any real Wait. life military efforts when she's watching the commercial that means it's the same colonel it's it's the guy who's on the commercial no like as in like the you know the oh, real man. colonel back in the day you would have blew yeah. my mind i was about to say that boy looked good <laughs> <laughs> That boy dead. He's <laughs> oh, dead now. KFC has been around for a long time. Is that like his son? <laughs> his, his grandson? He's been dead for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently he like left behind some very loose rules about what to do with his image and his business. And that's one of the reasons why they get fun with it and make a 
visual dating sim out of him. Apparently was fairly generous with the rules it takes to open up a KFC franchise and use the branding and various other projects. So yeah, no, Colonel Sanders, I think, is a pretty cool guy, all things considered, unlike whoever's in charge of Chick-fil-A, who I bet is a dick. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> Mr. Chicken Filet is like uh, uh, using the, the funds from all that chicken to support... Uh, 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 various Trump adjacent political opponents. Oh, and no. It's gotten worse. Force kids through like gay conversion therapy. Whoa, okay. Now, now, now we're getting serious. Chick fil A has a very sinister underbelly to its history if you read its Wikipedia page. KFC, on the other hand, has a squeaky clean, wholesome, perfectly fine Wikipedia. Squeaky history. clean, huh? I don't know about squeaky. I I think so. I don't know if I'm it's speaking too early. Probably not. But. Probably not. <laughs> Greasy probably clean. Not, Greasy the clean. Colonel, dude. The colonel. I don't know. What's wrong with the? What are you getting at? All you're doing is saying the colonel. The colonel I don't man. know about him. Colonel, but man, is there know, like a, any case or data uh, history? Like, wait, all right. What? what? Yeah, I gotta look up this. I can't yeah. believe we're two hours in and we're rambling about the colonel. <laughs> I think it's like time. The fucking. <sighs> Fucking Colonel, man. Do we want to do one more? Or... I'll do you one more in. <laughs> this is this is a little specific. Kind of folds into a news story that we had on the topic. Topic. <laughs> kind of folds into a news story that we've had as a topic on the docket, but didn't go fully through with. That's uh, the the U.S. Army's esports teams. Flash.fm on Patreon asked us, "What are your thoughts on the U.S. Army esports Twitter and Discord?" It's a weird combination of game giveaways, cute anime girls, all tied together with ooo replies, which sometimes insolently link to army recruitment pages. This seems like a surreal Verhaven fever dream. Ver- Ver- Verhoeven being the director of various cyberpunk dystopic 80s movies as Robocop and Starship Troopers. I'm not American, I don't know. Dude, I wish we had done this news story. I had it as a backup for three weeks. And something else was bigger and more important, but this shit is hilarious to me. I mean, it's hilarious, but it's also like undeniable modern 2020 propaganda recruiting material. Oh, it's totally Robocop and 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 Starship Troopers IRL. The What's wrong with it? Every fucking Kojima prediction has happened. Do you remember the beginning of Metal Gear Solid 4? There's uh, commercials for gyms and energy drinks and interview talk shows and cooking shows, but they're all incorporated into the military industrial complex somehow. Now we're living in a future where cute anime girls and and furries on Twitter are incorporated into the military industrial complex somehow. Oh, yeah, yeah. I should try to speed run a ban on the U.S. Army Discord server. Matt, would you join the army for some sweet Twitch at uh, Twitch emotes? No, man, no. no. How about some anime girl giveaways? I'm not dying for this country. You... <laughs> Are you kidding me? If a more patriotic thing was ever spoken, <laughs> I'm not dying for this fucking country, man. They don't care about me. They don't get. Yeah. Did you ever see that that fucking viral tweet that was going around? Why did you join the army? Why did you join the army? And most of the oh, people yeah, didn't all the, know the fucking tragedy replies. Yeah, they like a, a lot of the replies were like, "Oh, because I was coerced to, because I was growing up in a poor neighborhood and had no better options and came out worse for it." Uh, the twenty thousand dollars deposit that I didn't get, shit like that. Like, just like, nah, man, nah, I'm not going in the fucking army, man. 
I have options out here, sort of. So I'm going to keep pushing for those. <laughs> I, I have had the uh, um, colorful opportunities throughout life to hang out with military people. And even they hate the recruiters. Like, there is more hatred for military recruiters than there are for cops. Like, those guys are just absolutely shat on by by every angle from all of society. I wonder who grows up as a kid wanting to be a military recruiter. A lot of people who are even du- super duper gung-ho about the military lifestyle do not appreciate is the very naked effort to exploit poor kids who don't have other outlets throughout life. And this feels like an incredibly more disingenuous and naked attempt to grab that demographic since they're, they're going after video games. And uh, anything that's going to be exploiting the gamer persecution complex is going to kill me because of Gamergate trauma, which is, I think, one of the reasons why this epic business makes me so queasy. But yeah, like, I hate the thought of of some kind of sheltered suburban kid, like like the types that I would go to middle and high school with, who lived out 14 miles off of a secondary road in the middle of, of rural Georgia, who have no interaction with with anyone who doesn't like look like them or think like them and and getting sucked into a world where their only stable job in the future is a military one and all of the communications that they immerse themselves in are like nationalistic hateful bigotry and the bubble all stems from this discord right here uh, the U.S. Army esports Discord. There's a frightening prospect, I think, for people to immerse themselves into what sociologists call a total institution in the privacy of one's own home nowadays. And that's a word that usually refers to boot camp, where you're away from society and have to follow someone else's rules and live by their lifestyle and change your mind to think the way they want you to think. But Usually in history, you'd have to go out to do that. You'd have to go to boot camp or join a cult. Make a Twitch account. Now you can join the army. And now we're all supposed to be locked up inside anyway, isolated. I feel like you can immerse yourself in a total institution without leaving your own home anymore. That's that's the kind of business that militaries are in. <sighs> is in uh rewiring people's brains through drilling new stuff into them in an isolated community where they don't have to follow the rest of society's standards. There's a documentary from the 80s I really wish I could find again about boot camps and how much it destroys your sense of self-preservation and individuality when you uh, start to like react on orders on muscle memory, orders that are supposed to be more for the good of the squad than, than your own self. And it's fucking scary. Killing orders. Yeah, the U.S. got explicit with desensitization training during Vietnam. And that was uh, making making trainee dummies and training exercises particularly bloody and gory to try and desensitize them to the real thing. And there are some very scary statistics by, uh, by, by... Some instructors about just how they're like 60% more likely to pull the trigger. Anyways, I'm definitely, definitely going down a depressing hole here. We're just watching. climb out of it somehow. Here's a rope, George. Here's a rope. Here you go. Well, we'll help you out. 
We're, we're pulling that, you out. Some rope. We're pulling you out. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry that the state of my mind assumed the rope was for <laughs> something else. Maybe you should have oh, tossed no. down a ladder oh, instead. God, no. Yeah, oh, here's, the, here's the ladder. A, can... a ladder would be like harder to, to use <laughs> to for alternative purposes. Oh, okay. You just went out and said the quiet <laughs> part out loud now. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. No, we can't end like that. That's just too. That's just too depressing. That's way too depressing. Dude, we can't be going. We can't be going over two hours. It's too long. Yeah, but we could. We could just put something else here. We could put this yeah, here. We could put this here. Here you go. Here's your ending.